0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, check it out. You've got to start somewhere. The podcast that takes you behind the scenes of show business to prove there's no such thing as an overnight success. With your host, Rachel Corbett.
1: Welcome to the show. My guest today, you've heard him on radio at Triple M and 2UE. You can see him night after night after night on Sky News on his very own show, Paul Murray Live. It is my dear, dear friend, my brother from another mother, Paul Murray. Hello, beautiful.
0: Hi. Hello, congrats on the show.
1: Thanks, thanks. It's a, a delight to have you a part of it and really it just feels like we're doing Paul and Rach, our old podcast Correct. again. Now, by the
0: way, have any guests brought their own poppers?
1: No, they haven't.
0: Like you said, the mics are a little poppy. I just, I produce poppers for you.
1: But this is the Did mic. Did Eric
0: do that? No. <laughs> No. You say Mac,
1: do that no. <laughs> but this is a mark of a true professional.
0: Well, God love you that I just uh, have audio equipment all over the
1: exactly. place. Exactly, I appreciate it greatly. Um, now, are you a little, uh, a little nervous? Yes,
0: because <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. It's like it's a bit weird. It's like okay, we know everything about each other. right? Yeah, that's true. So the idea of trying to find out about each other. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's like like I just sort of want to take the chip out of the back of my head and put it into the file <laughs> and download and it'll just it. Explain to everyone <laughs> everything.
1: <laughs> I feel like we have covered a lot of ground in our years on air together and through our podcast. We do know a lot about each other, but I reckon there's going to be one or or two gems that I'm never going to have known before that I'm going to find out today.
0: Okay, well, probe away.
1: (laughs) 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 A lot of pressure. Genuinely uncomfortable.
0: No, it's nice to play.
1: Just pretend that this is Paul and Rach, and I just happen to be bringing up constantly you.
0: Okay, well, that's it. Well, okay, can I just get back into a couple of Habits, please. What are you wearing? There
1: you go. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the beginning of every phone conversation we ever have. Hi, Paul. What are you wearing? What are
0: you wearing? <laughs> uh, I'm currently being held up in a bank robbery, but uh, talk
1: me through it slowly. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. How afraid are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is creepy and wrong. Now, Polly, take me back all the way to the very, very beginning when you were a tiny little kid. I'm imagining with a beard because, <laughs> because I want to think of you as a six year old with a beard. Please. What did you want to be when you when you were little? What did you want to be when you grew up?
0: I re- my earliest memory was I wanted to read like the Channel Ten News. Really? Yeah, like I wanted to – I don't know why, but it was like – it was Tim Webster and Katrina Lee way back then and my friend Alison Fryer, who, uh, who now works at uh, at the NRL and she'll be annoyed that I've just outed her. Yeah. Um, when she came over, because our dads were really close, we would get the ironing board out and sit there at the ironing board and pretend to be newsreaders. Now – we probably worked harder than most newsreaders
1: because <laughs> <laughs> we had to
0: come up with the scripts. But it was that—that—that that, that was sort of it for a while, and then—and then I was like, I was you know a super nerdy kid, and—and and I don't know um, how far down this path you want to go, but I was uh, like, when when my mum and dad split up in in oh, when I was in year three or whatever, um, for some reason I just started connecting to talkback radio. Really dug talkback radio. And then sort of, you know... was so
1: weird at that age, that's so young.
0: I know, it was like everyone was into David Ryman and the Hot 30 and all of this business and yeah. I'm literally listening to Ron Casey and Stan Zamanik and Arch Tambakis and all very weird. Like wow. very, very Did weird. Did
1: you get it at the time or was it just there was something about the show or the, their voice or them that think, attracted you?
0: I think the confidence. Yeah, I think right. it was this, like because I, as you know, like I, I, I don't have massive tickets on myself, mm. so... I think I liked the confidence. So, so a very early dream set in for me, and I don't think I've ever talked about this, but there's, um, uh, outside of a professional uh, therapist, dream, <laughs> is that um, I thought those guys were so confident and so complete and so ready, like life was good for them. So when sort of life was a bit not great, just trying to work out how the way the world worked and some other stuff on top of it, um, I went, I want to do that one day. So a massive drive for me in eventually getting into radio and having to tick off talkback radio was this silly idea that then I'll be happy, mm. and then of course you realise that it's all a performance, and there's sort of that's been the the great internal tuning of of my career is going, oh, it's a performance, yeah right, yeah. So that was so that those are my early things was was that yeah, reading the TV news and then. Radio became a thing where, oh, imagine being at the big end of town and hanging out with the big dicks and, you know, and having a boat and all of that stuff that, you know, when your parents split up and there's no cash around and you're writing letters to the school saying, oh, sorry, I can't afford, please excuse Paul from the school excursion because we can't afford it, Mm. that there there was this lottery ticket that was there and I had no idea how to get there. But for some reason found a way. So you learned something.
1: See, I did learn something. What about the fact that Tim works with you? Yeah, Tim Webster?
0: Yes, 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 yes yeah. It's so weird. have you had
1: that, that conversation with him?
0: Yeah, and he seemed less taken by it. than the- No. <laughs> like, I thought I was in... Like, he's a lovely man, but obviously he's for 30 years had people say, oh, I love you on TV. So I think he just sort of put it in the I love you on TV category, but... I was really saying, hey, dude, you you know, you for some reason I connected with you. I don't know what it was. You, you know those moments.
1: You want them to sort of, I mean, because it is such a huge thing for you, mm. you know, and you get it. You've been on the other side too where people sort of say, oh, my gosh, I watch you every night. You feel like somebody I know. You know, when you're in the media, that's what you get. And, and it is hard when you've never seen that person before. It's different for you because you guys work together, but it's different when that hasn't been the experience for you to be as emotional about the moment as the person is. But at the same time, you know, when you work in media and and obviously there are a lot of people that have been doing this for many, many, many years and I notice that a lot now. I have to sort of stop myself from time to time when you sit across from somebody or have a conversation with someone or you're somebody's contemporary and you have this moment where you go – I used to watch you on TV. <laughs> Correct. It's very weird. But now all of a sudden your friends, colleagues, workmates, they respect you and look to you yeah. as a peer and you think, oh, my goodness. It, it, it's so weird. I remember Ugly Phil. Uh, him and I have had many conversations about working together and, and have done little bits and pieces here and there. And I, I unfortunately the thing I always think about when I think about him is, me being 16 in the shower (laughs) because that's where I used to listen to the Hot 30 at night when I had my shower in the shower radio.
0: And ironically, he would have been thinking about you (laughs)
1: being 16 in the shower. Yeah, nothing creepy about that. What about your folks? Did they want you to do anything in particular or...? Yeah, Dad was... Oh, Dad's a bit...
0: Kenny Dog's old school, so it was just this logical thing of, oh, you get a trade and your life's working for somebody else or in his case, you know, he's a bus driver and, you know, now uh, sort of does um, lawn maintenance stuff and, and mum was always a bit more, uh, not necessarily. Not that dad wasn't supportive, but mum was a lot more open to, oh, well, if this is what you want to do. But the amazing thing for me was that sort of the career path was kind of set early, like yeah. ridiculously early. So for most people they sort of go, oh, I'd love to get on the radio one day, but they can't really work it out until their mid-20s. Um I was presented with an opportunity that sort of I feel a bit like the guy who came second in Australian Idol, like I cheated somehow <laughs> to get into the business.
1: Some may call it fate. Let us skip forward to that moment. For people who see you nightly on the telly and think, oh my gosh, I mean, it must have been a long journey through journalism school, you know, a cadetship out sort of serving his time out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Where did it start for you?
0: First job ever. National Radio Triple J. This is bizarre. When I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't work at Woolies as my first job. I didn't work in a news agency in my first job. A news agency was my second job. My first job was a radio show on Triple J, and I was terrible. I was terrible.
1: How did that come about for people who don't know the story?
0: A beautiful man who sadly has passed away uh, called Jerry Caulfield. His um, kids went to the Ride Little Athletic Centre. And I was, because mum was the president of the club, I was doing sort of the ground announcing. I was a bit of a smart-ass. <laughs>
1: Nothing's changed. Yeah, my <laughs>
0: balls had dropped. So um, I sort of had the beginnings of this voice, you know, minus the smoking. I wasn't quite into that at that point yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah. Is that um and, and he said, oh, hey, do you want to, like he hung out a bit and he realised I was a bit of a smarty pants. He was the coolest guy I'd ever seen. He in was, what way? Why? Probably the first person I ever knew who wore black jeans and a black T-shirt.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you've come across quite a few of them since yeah, moving correct. to into radio but, you know, and media. Like, this is nineteen
0: ninety four or whatever yeah, right. it is. So sort of you know it's 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 blue jeans and tucked in polos. It was kind of my world. Mm. So the idea of yeah, someone's was a bit cool. And someone said, man, and like it was my first person I'd met. Yeah. Who was of that world? And he, um, yeah, and I mean that's a Huge pair of balls to say Hey 14 year old Come have a play So I just I just wanted to go And have a look at Triple J Didn't listen to Triple J I was listening to Arch Tam Bacchus On TUE. I mean That's the other thing too Right I'm a 14 year old And you've got to think about This horrible I'll tell you that story In a second Okay (laughs) The uh, horrible Don't forget it (laughs) I won't Um, So he he says Hey come into Triple J And um, Do a little test tape And the test tape Included me reading A script Mm -hmm. Fine and then telling a story. And I don't even remember what the story was, and I don't think it was particularly good. But then they were putting together a weekend request show with uh, uh, Katrina Roundtree. Oh, yeah. So she she was doing some Saturday night request show, but she didn't know how to panel and all of that stuff. Clearly neither did I. (laughs) Yeah. So I sort of got asked by Jerry to be the panel operator who got to talk a little bit, but that sort of meant co-host in Triple J language. It meant co-host. So... Firstly, I, I was sort of not quite across the technology, but that was okay. And, of course, the subject matter, all of the music was unfamiliar to me. And because I'd listened to Talkback Radio, I kind of had that ridiculous view of sort of, oh, people in Newtown sting, <laughs>
1: yeah, like, right.
0: Which, of course, is the whole point. <laughs>
1: which of, is their entire listenership. <laughs> yeah,
0: that whole point yeah. of the channel. Yeah. And, and I was just so I was stuck, you know, I was this desperately uncool kid having kind of coming-of-age moments around... And you know, ninety four Triple J was number one mm. at one. Like it was sort of at the top of its cool at one point, and I was just there with literally, you know, parted hair, um, <laughs> and blue jeans. And I remember I sort of had to, go, you know, I had to go and get a makeover. Jerry what? sort of said, "Oh mate, you have got to update your look a bit."
1: He really? was trying to be a bit
0: fatherly. Go and get an update Where so. do
1: you go For a Triple J makeover Do they have a department For that <laughs> <laughs> they're pay- The government Is paying yeah, it, Somebody To, to it, do the makeover <laughs> For all the 14 year old kids That come in From the Little Athletics Carnival It's a
0: good idea For an editorial <laughs>
1: Seriously Did you
0: know the ABC <laughs> The uh, Channel 2 They're doing this thing Yeah Anyway Um And, oh, I don't know, it was sort of like, you know, go get new jeans and whatever. But I didn't know where to go, so I went to New Jeans West or whatever it was. Fit's best. So I turn up and I've just got the part of it. It's just terrible. Anyway, that all ended unsurprisingly. How Um, long
1: were you there for? It
0: was about nine months and it all fell to shit when we had a Bonking Songs weekend and I was a virgin. So, like, there's Katrina going, oh, you know, I love this song. And she was playing up to the PDs and Flirty and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I i was 40 year old virgin so like i don't think i said anything like boobs and sandbags but i probably said something like it and then the next week it was done and then i went into a really big funk because you know my dad again this was sort of you know traditional suburban australia thinks do job get reference reference helps you get next job
1: Oh, welcome to radio and media. Don't work like that. But you know, like when you when you hundred percent, absolutely what you think, which means it's devastating when a job ends and that's not the way. There's not another one to go to. And
0: then, so like for six months, I had to ask them for a reference, Mm -hmm. like, and they wouldn't give me one, wouldn't, because obviously I was shit. Like, like I was
1: terrible. It's also not a very referencey game.
0: Correct, correct. Anyway, they eventually gave me one, and that's fine. And then, and then, sort of, the funk was, oh no, my dream's done. Like, oh, well, like I struck lotto, I had a chance and one and done. So by the idea that you are 11, your childhood dream had been done as a little screwy for your head.
1: I, I think I similarly really struggled at the beginning because I had sort of worked normal jobs and I had a very similar approach to, you know, you work hard, you get good at something, you move up. You get work hard at that. You get good at that. You move up. And then you sort of come into this world where you can literally go from CEO to toilet cleaner overnight. Correct. You are the top of your game. You know, I've had some bosses in my career who I I was doing a breakfast show on a major network, stopped doing the breakfast show on that major network. And the next day, the boss who was, you know, by all accounts, anybody who's met him an unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) He literally did not even say hello to me the day that I wasn't the breakfast talent anymore I passed him in the corridor, he ignored me Despite when I was on air for that whole time, kissing me hello every time he saw me Seriously So when you're a kid and you start in this environment and you think I'm set adrift. Well, but this is
0: exactly right. I mean, you, I, you know, I was a kid in an adult workplace. Mm. So, look, I'm forever thankful for the opportunity because, you know, it's a great story and it, it meant I got to see something. But I was completely ill-equipped for the relationships, the backstiping, uh, you know, the sort of working in a partnership that, look, again, you know, whatever, 20-something years ago. Like, she didn't care whether i was there or not yeah so there was nothing supportive about it so you just feel totally alone and then on top of that sort of all that awkward teenagey like who am i what am i because i've never been a cool kid Mm. like i've i've just never been a cool kid i've grown in confidence but you know even in the nova days i never felt like i was you know part of it i always felt like a tangent To it. Mm. So, was was your
1: latest step back into the business? And I want to go back to there was a story in there that you said it was horrible. And you did. the parted hair thing. Oh, the parted hair, right. Bogging songs. (laughs) Bogging songs. Glad it made an impact. (laughs) (laughs) So, sorry, I
0: don't have the (laughs) CEO story.
1: Now we're on. Now we're into it. Now you're relaxed. Um, so, you know, how much time was there bef- between that Triple J thing, and when was the next media spot? Was that Nova?
0: No, uh, there was a little bit before that. So it was 1999. You were uh, sort out of school for a couple of years, University of Western Sydney, and not doing it, just doing an arts thing, which was amazing. Like in what it,
1: way? Oh.
0: Because I mucked around with community radio and all the rest of it, and I was just obsessed with um, mucking about, and the ADD is obvious, I got like 42 in my HSC. Mm, which which
1: amazes me I because just, you are hands down one of the smartest blokes I know. You like, are a. What are you wearing? <laughs> You are a perfect example for any kids who are like. I don't believe that my mark in the HSC doesn't mean that I won't be a success. I don't believe it when you tell me that. It's like, well, have a look at P Murray. Yeah, God like-
0: I I love you. It's, no, I, I, I'm definitely not book smart.
1: Come on now.
0: No, 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 no. I, I, I will give it to you that that I I can win an argument. I can do very well in an argument. I can do very well understanding things, but it's because of the way I learn and absorb mm. is. Orally. like I, I have so I because of this thirty years of listening to talkback radio means you have all this memory of what happened here and then, and I've listened to that many quizzes. <laughs>
1: And here's your great strength, because coming to it as an adult, I never read papers, and you were the kid that read every paper every but the paper. financial review in year six. I know. And I I'm know. like, hang on a second, there are adults that don't read the financial review. Yeah. Like-
0: I did my work experience in year 10 um, as a state MP. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, like, so this was because my two great loves were uh, the radio thing because uh, that would make me happy one day, and then the politics thing because Talkback Radio was all about politics. You know, mm. so, so, our, um, John Watkins, who was the member for Ride at the time, my mum knew him through community aid or whatever she was doing at the time. And, uh, and I ended up doing a week of work experience with the state MP, sitting in the chamber, having a chat to him, and going, oh, one day. Did so, you love it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like when I was in year whatever, um, and I hate people who tell too many high school stories and I think I'm up to about eight anyway.
1: (laughs) No, I love it, I uh, love it. Like
0: I did, was it, you know, schools in parliament or something and you get to sit in the chamber and argue and I was the police minister and... Very excited. See,
1: this is one of the great things about where you have ended up is mm. that you know a lot of there's a lot of people that work in media who are like oh god, got to go to Canberra again, do another bloody story I on do shit. Love it. You turn up there and it is just, I mean, you are an Instagram happy kid because this is like your <laughs> yeah. mecca. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. this is where you come to pray. Well,
0: okay, well, again, it's like just again these little pieces that fall together, but it's like you know. I was a kid who, who, you know, I was like at the front of the bus when school went to Canberra and like I bought, a, I remember my most precious thing for years as a kid and I was clearly quite <laughs> up, but that was a book from the Parliament House gift shop that was Flags of Australia and it was about, explained all the national flags and how to fly them and where to do this and where to do that and it was my little bit of federal parliament. I had with me.
1: That is so cool. So, and
0: I was obsessed with it. Obsessed, and it's like, and and I'm not happy until I have a flagpole at home.
1: Oh, you will. Charm
0: won't give it to me. She thinks it's too bogan.
1: I mean, it is a touch bogan, but you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. You'll get there. Well, you after will.
0: we're divorced, and I'm up on the Gold Coast,
1: <laughs> oh, you'll have a flagpole. I have mostly panties so up <laughs> it. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, Crystal's home. It's like you know
1: <laughs> when the Queen's in.
0: The stripper ensign.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just work out who's in. Oh, okay, candy's over, all right.
0: But but in answer to the thing, is so, so uh, uh, I went to 2GB yep. in 99 where I was a cadet uh, earning 17 grand. Jason Morrison was the guy who got me in there. How?
1: How does that begin? We had
0: a connection through a community radio station in Hornsby. He was working at 2GB and Jason is like so amazing that – he can spot people who are hungry for the business, mm. right? And I was hungry for the business that I did, like, weeks of work experience with him and met him at his house at four in the morning to get in the car and do all day. And
1: So he was doing a show at the community radio station? Or?
0: Oh, he used to before he went to 2GB. Right. So he just was, you know, doing a bit of engineering. He always loves sort of being... Around it He's a massive radio file.
1: So the Triple J thing Could have not even happened It wasn't a, a, Anything that sort of Led you to something else No it was Triple
0: just- J is a completely Separate Sort of like Failed start Like you know Sort of You know um, Rock bands and then it's like, oh, like two bands before that, they were yeah, right. in a string quartet.
1: So, in that middle bit in between Triple J and TGB, that's like a lot of, that's a few years. There. Yeah,
0: it was sort of, yeah, it was yeah,
1: four or five years. Was that when you ran the porno business out of your suitcase?
0: Oh, <laughs> never stopped. Got some here. <laughs> Like I I'm, I'm a, still love the magazine
1: <laughs> I know you do But one of my favourite stories And great visual memories Even though I wasn't there But in my mind I totally was Which is kind of a bit creepy Because I'm just watching you in a school and yard And it was a boys school And it was a boys school But so that said, that's said, you know, if you dress a certain way <laughs> Yeah, that is true I can look like a man from time to time um, Very muscular physique Thanks, Dad uh, <laughs> but, but the great thing that I love Is that you used to work at a news agency Yeah, stole all the pornos Stole the pornos and then would have the kids put in a bit of a oh could you give me a big jugs monthly next week or or you would have to put special orders in for the special. Can interest. you beat this name? Okay, okay. A lot of
0: people want a Fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd knock them off in the morning and then yeah, take I'd,
1: a briefcase. to Take scale. a briefcase
0: of. <laughs> <laughs> the school and all right, fellas, clunk clunk open for business.
1: How much would you sell a porno for? Oh,
0: like a dollar, like, wow. enu- like enough, because all I needed to get through the day was um, a packet of twisties for a uh, Recess. Yep. A packet of twisties for lunch <laughs> with a sausage roll and a chocolate move.
1: Yep. And some things never change.
0: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> right. If I hit that budget, fine. The rest yeah. of it was free.
1: <laughs> so in between, so you've gone across to two GB. So that that time before you got to two GB, did you think to yourself, "That's it. It's yeah. done."
0: Oh, so lost. Like so lost. Mm-hmm. Because thankfully, you know, thankfully I'd, I'd met the girl who eventually became my wife and and Chan was very like, hey, well, whatever you want to do, it's cool. And her mum was really supportive and all of that. So she was the one who pushed me back into – so Sean pushed me back into community radio saying, oh, maybe you should do that because I was like doing – so I was up the back of a, a hall doing a voiceover thing for my mate's sister's dance school or whatever. Mm. Like these are the things you do. You yeah, know? yeah. And this guy comes up and says, oh, hey, I'm from the local community radio station. Do you want to come and say good day? And I was like, oh, okay, and I didn't want to do it because, oh, I'm sort of done with radio. And then Shani was, no, you've got to, just give it a go, give it a go. That's where we got again. And then after 2GB, it was 2SM. So in 2000, the Olympics, all of that. Uh, and then in 2001, 2001 when I started at Nova in their newsroom.
1: And those processes were one leading into the next? Absolutely. Right.
0: I, I am Touchwood. I, I have an unbroken run from 1999 to now.
1: Wow, and where in there did you win a Brian White Memorial Award, despite having never studied journalism?
0: <laughs> I don't take that. Take that. Uh, Nova first year of Nova was uh, first year of Nova was awesome uh, because the way they did news was good. Like it was they liked like it was brief. There was music underneath it, but it wasn't mm. all showbiz. Mm. So like I was reporting from the field, and I'd done that at GP and, and SM, and. I liked being a one-man band, so you did lots of different topics. Nova was kind of cool as well, and obviously those first couple of years. Mm. Um, so it was I did the, the Ansett disaster, bushfires, and something else that was the entry, mm. and then bang, first person in FM to win it, and I was a bit like, "That's cool, you know." However, <laughs> of course, it's weird when you write in bios.
1: Oh, in, the yeah. years,
0: in the years that follow. Yeah. Brian Memorial Award.
1: <laughs> when do you think the shift happened for you where you felt less like the lucky kid that got called up at the track mm. and, oh, I'm supposed to be here because I'm capable? You know the answer to this. You still don't feel that way? No. Nah. Yeah.
0: Uh, like it's, uh, when I'm doing it, like I feel very confident doing it. Like mm-hmm. when, I'm, when I'm out on the ice... I'm pretty bulletproof Mm -hmm. But outside of that In the other 23 hours If I was talking to you My real life friend Mm. I would be Well this will be over soon like, you know, I, yeah. I'm just, I, you know, for how long have I lived in this state of, oh, well, it'll all be done soon. That's, you know, it's going to finish up.
1: But the thing that interests me about that is that you do have...
0: Am I going too deep? Am I meant no, to be swearing I or anything? I love
1: it. I love it. I love it. Because uh, you,
0: d- you just said the other guests were really awful.
1: <laughs> I did no, not. No, she said all of them were shit. So I, I just want to... Never... I... You're very good, Paulie. You're very good. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I noticed about you is that you always... You are a bit of a. Com- I don't want to say com- comedy of errors isn't the wrong thing. You Far are. You know. You are a bit of a. Contradiction Contradiction There we go That's what I'm looking for That is exactly what you are Because you have these moments on the ice where you are super confident I know you very well I know you are Well, not- I would
0: say intimately after LA <laughs>
1: Intimately And we- Houston And Houston We did open our show when we were live in Houston With a little bit of me in the pretending to be in the shower And you coming to get pretending. me <laughs> okay That's
0: where we're going with it now, are we?
1: All <laughs> right, different memory for me. Oh yeah, I bet it is. So, so you know, you you while well, you are very insecure about some things, completely to everybody's bewilderment, I think, hmm. because you are so talented. Hmm. But then also you have this confidence that a lot of people don't, where you don't have management. You organize your own contracts. Like that for those of us in the biz is one of, even if we're confident in every other aspect of our lives, is the one area where we're like, oh, God, I can't do it by myself. But you go in there to bat for yourself. So the thing that really amazes me is that you do have the confidence. You know you're capable. You can go in to bat for yourself, which I find very difficult because I'm constantly underpricing myself and underselling myself. But at the same time, you have all of these doubts.
0: Well, yeah, it's well, um, maybe it's that cocktail though that, that sort mm. of is the thing that works at the moment. I don't know. But but the contradictions are I always think there is this massive tension and pressure that we put on ourselves through life about as a kid what we thought life would be like as an adult yeah, and then saying that your life is a success or failure based off the idea you had when you didn't really know how anything worked. Yeah. Completely illogical But so many people will go Oh yeah, life's a bit shit Because I thought it was going to be something else
1: This blows my mind all the time So
0: the bit that always makes me feel insecure Or unconfident or whatever Is just still that fundamental bit that Oh there's something special There's magic in the air Yeah, right In these places When I meet a program director He's the one who can give me the ticket To become the next dot, 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 dot Because it's so ingrained in my brain that that's how the world works. But then the joy of Sky News now is I'm given a blank check and, and this is strangely the thing too, is that you go, oh, wouldn't it be great to have somebody helping you along the way and then conversely I'm a wild bronco when you tell me what to do. like yes. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. the way I've always worked with management or worked with 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 colleagues or whatever is I prefer to tease it out in a relationship. Mm -hmm. what the boundaries are and what the expectations are rather than sort of – so about that break.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break
0: number two, why did you do it? So then because there's a relationship, I have the confidence to negotiate. Right. So if if I never talked to the boss or I only talked to the boss once a month, I would feel nervous walking in and saying, this is how much I'm worth
1: but there's still an element of confidence in even that much. Do you think it's because there's an element of performance in that conversation in that there is a game that we play, right? There's a game when you are the boss and yeah. I am the that I come in and it, there point. is an element of performance there because you're sort of teasing each other back and forth. You know, they've got a bit more to give. You know, you're worth more than you're probably going to immediately I don't know. There's yeah, something yeah. there that for me intellectually I feel like that would that would play into something that,
0: that, that works it, it for should you. break through the firewall of uh, of confidence. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's because I, I have. I mean, I've been lucky. I have been lucky to work for people who I like and who seem to actually like me. Mm. So there have been a couple of contract negotiations that get contentious, but when the fundamental position is we want you to be here, the price and the this and the that. Okay, yes, it'll be tense, but the anxiety would only be the all or nothing play you know the me trying to convince somebody to hire me the me holding on for my job sort of stuff and moments like when triple m when the breakfast show didn't work out and i was sort of feeling like i was sliding out the back door you know it was pretty bad the way Mm. i was negotiating with things then but you know it was it was meeting little old you and other things that sort of meant I got a second act, so.
1: But since we met then, that was, what, 2008, we started our show in 2009. Jesus. Since then, you know, I've never seen you not desired by somebody in the business, you know, like you've gone, you know, and you haven't had a break so far from when you you began, but in that particular instance, I know after coming off that breakfast show, there was that state of flux, but... You know, we you were still going to when I met you. It wasn't like they said, oh, well, you found this girl, we'll put you on. You were already going into a show when I met you and they just sort of wedged me in at the last minute. And they
0: made it much better.
1: Ah. Oh. So, you know, the thing about you is that you've always, I don't know, you've always had a place to be. Yeah, but I,
0: yeah, that's fair. Because I had a serious bent to me, because I had a news background, every time I was in FM, there was this, oh, he'll be on Talkback one day. Um, because I sort of was open about, oh, I'd love to do Talkback one day mm. and because my expectation is I'll do Talkback one day. And that's where I fear, I mean, the fear of my career is uh, after doing TUE and it not working ratings-wise, mm. like creatively fine and I was confident with what the show was, but if they want to, they can turn around and say, well, tried, failed, whatever, next. yeah, I do feel the, the path narrowing a little bit in the next little while. And People just think I'm bullshitting when I say I'm happy if I do this job for the next 10 years. But seriously, like, I can do whatever I want on TV but for this an hour is the a day. Great, like,
1: yeah, and this is the great please. dream, you
0: like, know? Like if, like, if they said, hey, come host the Today Show, um, firstly, there's 800 people telling you what to do. You have Isn't little it? control of the thing and then the paper's writing about whether you're up two points or down two points. Whereas in this, it's not that no one cares. It's, they care about it deeply. But... You just you – scre- you aren't leading with your chin with such, you know, ferocity mm. that –
1: It's actually for creative people who can put a show together, competent, capable, you know, and, and, you know, you're very much the type of person who produces, prepares, you do a lot of that stuff. Shows that are very, very high profile and under a lot of scrutiny are stifling.
0: Yeah. And there are people that – Great like that
1: Yes But that's not you But it's not
0: I couldn't do no. it It's like I'm a rat in a cage Like when I was a bad news reader At 2SM Because You know I'd be reading something And then my brain I don't know what it is, my brain wants to improve the sentence, edit the sentence or jumble the sentence as I'm reading
1: it. Or editorialise. Yeah, yeah. so so my brain is Mm. just –
0: so I found scripts. I find scripts so constrictive.
1: Yeah, I think one of the – not only are you just built that way, but one of the great blessings and curses of radio, you have to be absolutely capable of only ad-libbing. I I mean, I find that amazing now working more in television than I do in radio – you realise what an asset that is because honestly, and they will
0: look at you sometimes. Don't they yeah. how did you do that?" <laughs>
1: yeah, or you look so calm, and it's like, but having a conversation on this segment for two and a half minutes—this is
0: really easy. Like this
1: is easy in comparison to talking non-stop for three hours yeah. about stuff and coming up with stuff consistently. For that entire time. And anyone
0: listening in their undies right now, don't confuse either of us as having contempt for the two-and-a-half-minute segment. Oh,
1: no, I love it. But
0: but it's just saying, like, as a in terms of the muscle memory that it yeah. takes, like and, – and I think this is – it's a broader point about the business, but it's like, I get it why in the era of – and it's always been the case – in the era of profile, this is how you move the needle, mm. supposedly. But if you look at the people who are stars and are the stars across many a year um, – They've all kind of got one thing in common, and that's that they came up through radio. Mm-hmm. So radio stars are like that. Um, serious TV stars obviously can come up through TV. There's not a huge amount of examples of radio people who make it to hosts, and then the hosts move up and through. Mm. But there's certainly radio people are amazing guests and confident parts of a show. And so for me, the idea of sitting there reading the auto cue um, and then. So much faffing, and as you know, I park in the car park. I have a smoke. I walk through the back door, and I sit on the telly.
1: That's it. And you don't, you know, a lot of people, I think, especially in your, um, you know, in the opening editorial, would think, oh, he's reading this, and you have no script. There is no auto cue. It's just you, you know, off the cuff.
0: It's my only superpower. I'll be honest. My only superpower <laughs> is for, is is the first five minutes of the telly show, where you go, okay. Lots of information. How do we get it? out And you there? get it
1: out every single night you in know. a way that looks like it was pre-prepared. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it,
0: it's. I suppose it's that thing where you just. You know, it's like my approach to my approach to telly and content is like my approach to obesity snacking. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm always re. You,
1: you, you just. You're a grazer. But also, I'm naturally inquisitive. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's
0: the other thing too, is that if you're not naturally like i hate people when they have these sort of career chats and they sort of pretend that there's this oh you know i worked out a formula and x plus y equals b minus q and then yeah, i do this and then yeah. i'm a scientist really more than a comedian or more than a you know, singer or whatever and it's mm. like for me for for me and my job it's a, it's easier to do because i'm naturally hardwired to want to know what's going on mm. if i just was functionally good at ad-libbing and traffic copping a conversation, mm. it would really look like it if I didn't know what I was talking totally. about.
1: So I, I don't want to go back and forward too much, but I just want to slip back into a quick chat about the whole AM thing because you did do that for a time and that was obviously the big dream from when you were a kid. What I know it was different to what you expected it to be. Mm. Like how do you feel about that time Now, because you had built it up to be something so huge and you didn't fail at it by any measure. (laughs) Thank you. You, Well, you didn't. You really didn't. Like you were really good on air and things chop and change and whatever. But, you know, I know some things that you hold on to so dearly for so long, I think it happens a lot in everybody's life, no matter what business it is. When you actually reach the dream, you go, oh, it looked better when it was a dream. (laughs) Oh,
0: absolutely. And look, and and the two biggest problems with it was – uh, the radio station I grew up listening to was 2UE in Sydney, and that was the station of Jones, Laws, Zamanic. So it was the number one. Um, by the time I went to 2UE, it wasn't 2UE anymore. It was like the old 2GB. Mm. So for the dream to have really come true, I would have got the call up to 2GB, not 2UE. Yeah, right. And, you know, at the time, as you remember, there was sort of a chance of doing both. And, and because of the. Magical connection of this radio station that didn't exist anymore mm. I uh, I got, I, I, you know, chose the wrong one, frankly mm. And, um, you know, it's a little bit like, you know how Sort of you hear comedians of a certain age in America Obsess about the idea of Johnny Carson's Tonight Show And the battle to host the Tonight Show is more important than anything in the world Because it's Johnny's show Yeah There's part of you, that the part of me that felt like that about Talkback Radio That, you know, if I got the chance to do it, I was walking in the steps of And then when you think about it, it was sort of illogical about the need to get to it so quickly because, you know, obviously for me to go there, I had to end what we were doing and that obviously something that I deeply regret was a wrong decision. It was a mistake and also the words that you said to me were 100% true multiple years later and which was, you know, it'll always be there, Mm. but just... I can't say logic takes over it's an emotion it was an emotional decision and it's the wrong one.
1: And I think it's but you know it's not like you're Destitute in a corner, begging for change. Now you know, no, like, no, 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 but, but no, know no. What I mean is, it's it. Was, our show
0: should have still been on the air.
1: Our show was great, and I loved it. But and and of course, I you know at that time I didn't want it to end either. But I did totally understand that that was an absolute dream of yours. And now you come down the road and you go, well, gosh, we're still great mates. We've done podcasts together. We work together regularly on Correct. the telly. You know, it all sort of ends up getting there eventually. Is there any gig over the years? That you And I don't necessarily mean a job This literally could be Oh in the early days I hosted a You know Blue light disco I have done a live broadcast From a blue light disco At one of my regional stations Um, (laughs) You know Did you
0: do the car yard?
1: Oh, of course, yeah. the stock standard. Oh, I got
0: to say, you know, God love anyone who asks radio stations to come and broadcast from car yards. What do you expect? Ah, oh. like what? What's supposed to happen? Because we're playing ELO. Yeah. from a Datsun dealership.
1: Yeah, but more people want Datsuns. Turn up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's, I, well, I'd never get the logic. It's a regional concept that still goes on to this day. Weekend broadcast out at, at you know, where in regional radio there really is a, a much deeper marriage between clients and content. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know?
0: It's almost literally a marriage between it the is. salesperson and the... Yeah.
1: yeah, and I've done many a show where the show was me reading tile prices oh. or uh, talking about specials. And, and you because know,
0: you commit, like you 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 prep and commit, you have your whole yeah, life. Yeah. How do you how did you sell the tiles?
1: You really it's literally, you know, I mean obviously
0: These are Italian <laughs> tiles.
1: Day to day you're no matter what you're talking about, you're looking for an angle right. Real tough when you're just looking for an angle on stone tiles. <laughs> you know? There's only so many tangents you can go on to come back to the core yeah. issue. If you want
0: to knot on the tiles, <laughs> you've got to have tiles first.
1: <laughs> So, come
0: down to Rachel's Tiles this and Erinna.
1: This is Welcome to My World. But, you know, were there any gigs over the years? Like, what would you consider was the worst gig you've ever done?
0: Oh, good question. Good question. I'm going to go to hell for saying this.
1: Oh, I can beep anything you don't want to go out. Well, uh,
0: was it was a charity gig.
1: Oh, okay. That's fine. So Some like, of them are bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: th- this is a, like people are very nice and they ask you and it's all. Hey, this is the thing that will get attention for our charity, and Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense, right? And nine times out of ten, I'll say yes to everything Mm -hmm. because I don't want the karma. Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand, and can I just say this to everyone organizing an event, be it a school ballet concert, (laughs) through to a major multi-million dollar charity? We don't need the thank you presentation bit of the night, where (laughs) the people who organized it. (laughs) (laughs) I think because I get why you happen and I get that you want to say thank you to people but it's there's no everyone's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Because as it's like, hey, and don't hey and what about what Rachel's been doing? <laughs> and
1: until your actual name gets called, you have zero interest. Until you hear two words in that entire thing and get presented with something, and
0: a bit like an award show. It
1: is like an award show. And to be honest, probably, it would probably mean more if they just pulled you aside the next day at work and said, oh, my God, thank mm. you so much for all your effort. Here's a bottle of wine. Loved it. But
0: my fav- this is my favourite bit of
1: research, though, is, mm. oh, we're
0: such a big fan. We desperately love you to come and do
1: something. And here's your thank
0: you present, a bottle of wine, even though. Oh, we know you don't.
1: Drink.
0: <laughs> yeah. The ones who know me are the ones who buy me a cigar.
1: Yeah, that's it. Exactly. They're the
0: ones who know me, and that's the ones I go, okay, I'll come back and do you next year.
1: What about? Uh, have you done many shows that haven't come to fruition? Have you done a lot of piloty sort of things? Yeah, good, good question. Oh, good thanks. question. Thanks. Uh two mm-hmm.
0: that sort of happened. Uh, one, I did a thing at Channel Nine way too long ago mm. where it was sort of a bit daily show ish, a bit you know, they sort of were looking for someone and I was I did a couple of sort of test things there and sort of had to do like a bit of an editorially thing and I think I would I would very much do it differently today if I had the chance to do it again. Mm-hmm. But that sort of came and went. And then then I was actually a chance of being the host of Family Feud. Yeah, not this current version, but remember oh, the Burt Newton say, version? Yeah. So Burt Newton version. So there was a time when Burt Newton was maybe or maybe not going to host the show. So then one of the brass goes, you, son, you know, oh, you got a bit of moxie about you. Um, so I was, gonna, I was an option there of being the Family Feud host for a while.
1: They would have had to screen that a little later. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. The survey says...
1: <laughs> That would have been a great gig for you, actually.
0: I'd love to be – this is the strategy. I know you can't be everything in the world, but if I could split myself and be something else, I'd love to do a game show.
1: Love to. Do you find that – hard? because I often find – because, you know, I like doing a lot of everything and I think when you've come from FN Radio and you now do a lot of mostly the political stuff, but Mm. you are very much a funny guy – there's all there's all this talk about pick and stick. Oh. What? Who are you? What's your niche? You know, and I've had countless uh, conversations with managers who are like, "We don't know who you are or what you are." I'm like, "Hang on a second.
0: A performer. A befo- I, like, Is this I- that hard? Like, I, like, I, like every year on my tax return, I write one word: broadcaster. <laughs> yeah,
1: you like, do stuff, right? So,
0: like, so my thing is that I hope by the end of my career. I will have had the chance to be this guy for a bit and this guy for a bit and this but guy for a bit fear- with all a certain level of integrity. But
1: do you fear now? Like you're very much down there. You are the politics guy. Do you feel like the family feud opportunity has escaped you? I you don't know? think it'll be
0: the next move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it's. But it, and this the strange thing where again people who even people who should know better who know me in radio and television are like, "Geez, when did you get so tough?" and Ooh, what's going on? He used to be so likable, and what's this thing? And it's like I would think. Look, I I, I believe if you're gonna have an opinion show, mm. have the one you'd have at dinner. Like yeah. have the real opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I hate. I mean, I'm like you. I hate fakes. Mm. I hate people who are one way on the air and one way off the air. I like, yeah. just can't stand it. And
1: and always those are the ones that are so wounded by the negative feedback and you go, you know why that is? Because you can't stand up to your opinion because you don't believe it. Absolutely. That's correct. why you're wounded. That's Absolutely. why when people send you tweets that you feel it's because you're acting. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you've been sort of, you know, ripped a- to pa- apart because you can't stand by it.
0: Exactly. And mm. my thing is, look, I mean, I've sort of like on, on – on, uh, on FM radio, the formula—even though I joked about formulas before—was like real life plus plus fifteen percent. So obviously, all the stories you're telling are real, but the volume and the intensity and that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the art of the performance. Mm. For me, all the opinions are real. The volume is the showbiz. Yeah, right. And. It is amazing, though, that in the business you you think that creative people or colleagues would understand that you can modulate and moderate your behaviour depending on what the gig is. Mm. Now, I would never fake it. So, like, I'm not going to ever be, uh, you know, a touchy-feely lefty climate change kind of guy because that's the job that 702 is offering me. I I don't want that job. But, like, I really hate in Australia that because of all of the PC bullshit that we don't have adult spaces on radio where it can be filthy or talkback radio that can be really rough or, you know, like I...
1: Howard Stern would be booed off the air here, yeah. Like an Australian Howard Stern. We yeah. don't. We're happy to consume the American versions, but I feel like if we're consuming the American version, we can always keep saying we're better than, like, we're a bit better than you guys, absolutely. But when we sort of created ourselves, everybody's like, "Oh, we don't do that here." But I'll watch the Kardashians every day. Yeah, exactly. Know?
0: So, so I, I just I wish we I wish we had a bit more range, mm. and I wish that people would accept us with more range as well. But yeah, it's interesting. they sort of. The holes people want to put you in. So when I come up against um, somebody I've worked with or somebody who, who says or somebody who writes, you know, like about telly and will say something about, jeez, you've become very da-da-da-da-da, mm. I just unload on them about, well... Yeah, there's the, the, the fundamental core is absolutely true. But how do you not understand performance?
1: Absolutely. I still hope I eventually see you as the host of Family Feud. No <laughs> poo pooing Grand Doing a great job. But just maybe one day in the future.
0: Well, survey so says.
1: <laughs> so just I'll what, kiss
0: all the contestants.
1: I, I bet you will. Male and female. <laughs> just walk around and go, <laughs> later. And their hands. All oh, the men's hands. The creepy hands. Yeah, the creepy hands.
0: Soft touch hands. Uh, I, I wanted do that to.
1: Yeah, no. Come on, soft touch No, hand. no, no, no. Crease me out. So, um, an interview wouldn't be an interview. Without just a quick perusal of a few things on the Facebook uh, on the Wikipedia page, Uh, uh, I love Wikipedia pages mostly because most of the people I work with, we don't know we have them. Yeah, like and because we didn't write them, and we don't know who knows this stuff about us. Some of the things that I that I surprised how
0: many interviews that you can do with people uh, who know nothing about you but the Wikipedia page, which you go. What, what? There's a lot of achievements here from 10
1: years ago. Well, I love Wikipedia mostly because when I'm interviewing mates and people that I've worked with, I find it just a hotbed of either complete bullshit Mm. (laughs) or stuff that I sort of don't know why it got on there. Like there is a a reference on there to um, The Nightcap on 7HD. Oh, God, yes. Which was a small show that you did for a while where, quote, um, somebody has found out that The Nightcap was – Debuted the first known public discussion of the childhood accident that left you with only nine toes. <laughs> How many tapes has somebody gone through of your work To find out that that was the debut conversation about your missing toe Yeah,
0: well, well done whoever's doing that
1: (laughs) Somebody has too much time on their hands The other thing, uh, it talks about your show on Triple M that you did with Millie Yes The first thing I want to ask is one of the things you did on the show Was the clubbing of baby seals That's actually what one of the bullet points is. I don't know. It sounds like I, I thought, was there a segment? The other- probably.
0: And also, also, I should do this. In not enough interviews to ever talk about Millhouse. Mm. Uh, yes, oh. hello, darling. Oh, yes, Sorry, toddler's in the room. <laughs> hello, darling. Yeah, you want
1: to yeah, hi, you hi? Wanna be on the podcast? Say hi. say hi. into hey. the microphone. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Hey. You're laughs> that's good. your first time on the radio. Rachel.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's your trick. You're just going to keep saying hello, Rachel. Now, okay. Do you ever watch daddy on TV? Yeah. Is daddy any good on TV? Huh. No. <laughs> Can you take the spoon out of your mouth? It's not great mic technique, doll.
1: Got to teach him young. Right,
0: now say bye bye, Rachel. Bye, Rachel.
1: Bye bye, Ash. Bye. Say Asha. love you, Rachel. I uh, ah, love you, Ash. Kisses, kisses. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for coming on the podcast. Say bye, doll. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Say bye bye. Bye bye. You have a good day now. She's doing the stomping sound, but not actually walking away. She's faking it. Good. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. I'm see. Ya. Bye, guys.
0: Are you just trying to milk your moment? <laughs> yeah. She's off to watch play school. God love Tayo and Rachel. Oh, well, when I... we told her Rachel's coming over today, oh, she
1: thought it was the chick from play school. What a disappointment. Oh. Yeah, she did look a bit disappointed when she saw <laughs> me. To be honest, uh, <laughs> yes, Millhouse.
0: You know, i never give. Millie enough credit And I n- never mention her enough And I hope that this gets back to her In some way or another Lisa Millard uh, Millhouse Was uh, We were co host for about a year and a bit uh, Doing Triple M nights And she was the first co-host I ever had And everything I've ever brought into a co-host situation About how to work And how to trust And all of that Comes from her And you know It was It uh, was the foundation of what I brought to us. Mm. So I think a big part of why we worked was because I had the chance to work with Millie and Millie's now in, uh, in Geelong and, Awesome radio talent.
1: I've never met her, but I feel like we've passed like ships in the night you and would, many you times two would during- go.
0: You two would we go would? very well together. I've been... I've like be- you two very similar sort of like,
1: let's go. I've had quite a few co-hosts that have worked with her and I feel like we keep almost passing, but we've, ne- we've oh. never ever met. Did she refer to herself as the ever so lovely Millie? Yeah. Okay, right, because I was reading the Wikipedia page and I couldn't work out if that was her name or whether she had gone in and written your Wikipedia page. <laughs> well,
0: she might have, I don't And said, oh, he did, did the show
1: with the ever so lovely yeah. Millie and I thought, oh, well, that's a bit too much flourish if you don't want to be found yeah. out. Milky, milk house. No, no, I, I, I think
0: so. I think she sort of did a bit of that gear, but she was just a big, lovely personality that just has exactly the same as yourself. Just a wonderful turn of phrase. Mm. A wonderful turn of common use language. Very, oh, I'm a, I hope
1: clever. I hope we do cross paths at one point. Now we are don't worry, you're almost off the hook. We are coming towards the end. Which I'm kind I of haven't a bit cried sad about. yet. I know, I know, and I want you to. I'm well, gonna well, try and on, I'm just gonna is... poke your eyes for a bit. <laughs> cry. Yeah. Cry You know
0: what you could do? What? Just show me how much money I've earned over my career and how much I've spent on shit.
1: Oh yes, yeah, especially in the pokies. <laughs> then yeah, there it comes. There's the tears. I need something to share on social media Paul Murray cries in in-depth interview yeah it's yeah yeah Paul Murray's family feud <laughs> yes. that's great you're giving me some good ideas for clickbait um so I just wanted to mention because we started off with the chats about your love of Canberra and we know that you're a nerd for Canberra and all that kind of stuff and this was the great dream the politics the radio all of that stuff you are now a trusted advisor to hmm. Tony Abbott yes that's a pretty big deal, and I'll just a, say, friend, a friend. But okay, a friend. a friend. You're a friend of Tony Abbott, but you know he. You guys chat about stuff, yes. and he, there's a lot of people now in Canberra who are, you know, the big wigs of the joint who are completely across, old mate P Muzzy. <laughs> Does it's that? Weird,
0: it's yeah. It's I mean, I I flip out. I flip out, and and the little boy in me smiles with genuine like awesomeness, when you are walking down the corridors. uh, I still like – and the bizarre thing is I get little reminders that I haven't quite made it yet. I still don't have a pass to Canberra, right? Mm. Other people at Sky have a pass, including people from Sydney, but the club has never issued me with a pass, right? Right, yeah. And and I don't know whether – going right back to stuff we said before and about ill feelings and all the rest, but like I hate groupthink – I hate when the cool kids all get together to decide that's in, that's out. And I'm very aggressive about the Canberra Press Gallery Mm. and about the way they behave. So you know, they literally won't give me a pass to go there. I'm a, I have a visitor's pass, which means you need to be escorted around by everyone. So mm. you're a real work experience kid slash pariah. Right. And then you walk past a minister who stops a conversation and says,
1: Paul, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and oh, there's you- <laughs> the former prime minister.
0: Come and have a lunch. Yeah. So there's yeah. this. Yeah. Reckon weird- I can
1: get a pass, guys? I'm yeah. just going out to lunch with the XPM. pm yeah. But, it's, but yeah. you know what I mean? And, it's, yeah. and, and,
0: and, and look, obviously, you know, I've, 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 collected people who you agree with over the time and there are some people I, I'm, I'm across the aisle with in labour but, you know, I've got to pinch myself in those mm. moments. Like I do have, when I'm in the moment, so when we're in the dinner, when we're in the lunch, when we're on the phone, uh, I've got all the confidence in the world but then either side of it is just a bit,
1: what the hell how, is that? Yeah, how did this happen? What do you think, step out of yourself for a moment and be mildly confident, what do you think has been the secret to your success so far?
0: I think I am my honest self. I think that it means when I'm naughty on Triple M, it's me genuinely being naughty, and when I get pissed off on Sky, I'm genuinely pissed off. Mm. I think just because my natural outlook is, I try to, I try to be. Oh, I'm trying not to use the word likable, but it's the easiest word in terms of this. Is so I, th- I, th- I think I'm. Likeable. I don't think I have resting bitch face. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. I think you've covered it up with hair. Yeah, <laughs> resting
0: bitch chin. It's <laughs> what I'd have. Yeah. I, so I think it's that. I think it's. I think it's that. I use common use language. It's that I fire up. It's just an honest, an, an honest thing. And I think that I surprise people sometimes that I do have an ability to. God, it's weird talking yourself up. But anyway, come on is now. I I, I, I do have an ability to make complicated things and distill them and explain Definitely. them in a way that other people don't. So I really like that. I mean there's there's some 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 things still to do on the to-do list of the career and you know the ideal situation for me is to is to have a rip-roaring radio show at the same time as the rip roaring TV show, mm. which is not saying I don't love TV. I love TV. I love the job. I don't expect to do it. Fat, ugly blokes shouldn't be on TV. So <laughs> that's the other thing too is I think in TV in particular, why it's worked is because I've always felt like I'm playing with the bank's money. Yeah, right. Like, like not having a radio job or not having a successful radio job, that cuts way deeper because that's what I always wanted to do mm. and that's what I always – mm. and TV, it was never – Part of the plan, yeah. So, yeah, you feel—I don't know—I feel like I should ask you why you think it works, but <laughs> no. you know, tell me more about me.
1: No, just don't, don't mind the uh, the dog in the background. So, dogs,
0: toddlers—it's got everything. This show, dogs, toddlers. Uh, what was before? There was a cockatoo out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a real dog to do. This is little. is called
0: the suburbs, Rachel.
1: <laughs> I'm enjoying it.
0: All of this happens out here.
1: I'm enjoying it. Um, what do you reckon is the best and the worst thing about the business?
0: The best is that you get to see things that shouldn't be seen and you get to run with bulls that you can keep up with. That stuff's amazing.
1: There's a lot of day-to-day, don't get me wrong, it's not all flower and roses. Like there are, well, roses are flowers, but, um, you know. I wasn't testing you. (laughs) I'm I'm sure the saying is something not like that. We don't have
0: swains (laughs) written on the walls here. You can get away with horticultural lack of knowledge.
1: But there are moments... In your nine to five, in radio, television, or whatever, that you think, God, I've done three things this week that might be some people's bucket list lifetime items. Absolutely, the mm. fact that you
0: can, the fact that if 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 you can come up with an idea, you can do it, and somebody will else will pay for you to do it. Yeah. The the worst part of the business is when people can't tell the difference between the person on air and the real life person. And when people, be it colleagues or management, try to play games knowing that your ambition was to be here, so therefore we'll we'll play with that. Yeah, We know that's the big red button, so we'll just keep playing with Mm. that as a way of justifying putting something off or talking rudely to you or whatever. I mean, I stress I have had generally phenomenal experiences and I've got to give shout-outs to... Scott Muller and Guy Dobson and, you know, uh, Jamie Angel and Peter Brennan and, you know, those sorts of, John Brennan, these these people who've been amazing to me. But obviously there's some management. Adam Lang as well. Mm-hmm. There's been some management along the way that that, that prey on that. And I, I can't stand that. And I also find, you know, one of the tough things about the business too is it's it is like professional sport. If it stops, you are not qualified for anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I
0: am genuinely... Concerned that if this stopped because I said something stupid and someone complained and some tribunal said that's it you're gone,
1: mm. there will be some very well emceed little athletics countries around the <laughs> competitions around the country.
0: <laughs> correct, correct.
1: <laughs> it's not all over yet. All right, final five. First, biggest regret: either something you said no to or a gig you did that you wish you hadn't.
0: Uh, honestly, the biggest regret was leaving Triple M and shutting down our show. Oh. I, I mean that seriously.
1: I put that in there So you'd say that <laughs> I haven't asked anyone else that No, that's a lie By the I've way, we everyone. have talked
0: about this Outside of the podcast yeah. scenario <laughs> yeah. and I want people to think They've put this chat off for a few years and I've been ha- waiting for an apology yeah, I demand
1: it <laughs> um, right, I f- up <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your dream gig Or something you haven't crossed off the bucket list yet What's the
0: <sighs> Ooh, Such a good question I would love to host something like Real Time with Bill Maher.
1: Oh, 100% best show on television. Yeah,
0: I'd love to do Comedy monologue, yeah. Uh, followed by serious interview, followed by a punchy panel, followed by serious editorial. And
1: also, have hello, the, hello, and have the kind of audience and and budget that means you can get Salman Rushdie, most deaf, and amazing. you know Obama on the same panel. Yeah. It'd, you know, it would be amazing. Yeah, um, incredible show. Uh, what's a big idea you've had that never got up? Or was there something that you... Because you are, you know, very good at the... We, I mean, we in our well, we time... we got
0: two people to route in a plane.
1: We did, we did. So... We did, the Mile High Club. <laughs> we hired a private jet to give some... What a about couple. the look
0: on that woman's face? She wasn't happy.
1: No, well, I mean to be frank, you know, there's a lot of pressure. You're up there for an hour. But
0: what about the bloke? That he jumps up the back, does what he needs to do, and then leaves her at the back of the plane and says, "Can I watch the landing?" (laughs) (laughs) That's the detail that just my god, I've gone. Oh, this is so hilarious! This is amazing. Thinking that the conventional wisdom would be hold hands, cuddle, land, have a bit of smile. How nice is this? Instead.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I know, I know We also did the nude streaking championships Where we did a fake cricket match to give people the chance to streak did a lot of nude gear in our time I mean, it could be an idea that was too ridiculous to get up Is there anything... I'm putting you on the spot here
0: I remember once at, at Triple M I had an idea for a cash giveaway Which was anyone who wants to turn up to insert football oval Turn up at 720 because we're going to fire cash cannons into the air and you can fight each other for the money. I loved the idea of everyone doing that.
1: Financial Hunger Games. Yeah, correct. But just literally imagine just going like (laughs) (laughs) $10,000. Let me guess, legals didn't think it was a good idea?
0: (laughs) Didn't get out of the room.
1: Yeah. Uh, What would you be doing now if you weren't doing this, if you Uh, weren't doing showbiz media? Politics. Politics. Uh, Do you think that will be?
0: uh, Yeah, I I think I'd be a staffer, I'd be a speechwriter, that sort of thing. And I would be so ridiculously involved in trying to get pre-selected somewhere.
1: Yeah, right. I'd, th- yeah,
0: that's. I wouldn't lie. That's what I'd be doing.
1: I feel it in my, in my waters that that might be on the cards for you at some point in the future. I'll, I, I'm
0: happy to be a senator later in life.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably going to be what happens. Uh, and finally, your advice to people wanting to get into the business.
0: Do as much free stuff as possible. Practice as hard as possible. Do podcasts, blogs for free. Don't expect anyone to listen to them. It's just a way of... Keeping your your muscle memory going. Work out who you like and why you like them. Think about pulling them apart like a car, working out how they work, and then taking you know the spark plug of Kyle and the. Uh, I'll continue the metaphor. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. y- 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 you know the. Battery you lost me. Of, <laughs> I
1: don't know anything about cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You
0: know the battery of this person and the axle of it. So and, and then you can build your own version of this,
1: rather than imitating. Correct. please. and then
0: eventually what is a bit clunky and put together and not quite you morphs with the more hours you do and the stuff, morphs into the personality that you want to take into the room. Mm. And then, you know, I, I believe that there'll always be someone funnier than you, smarter than you, hotter than you, younger than you. But passion will does win out and I promise you, you can meet anyone in the business with the following phrase, I've got an idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to wrap it up. I do want to reference the fact that Paul is quite a gesticulator, so if you've heard a lot oh, of this. Oh, sorry.
0: Have I, <laughs> has it been that?
1: The stomping of the foot has become a part of your thing because I know you're doing it a lot on the show. This
0: is, so is, are you hearing that?
1: There was a lot of. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> yes. I'm sorry.
1: Paulie. I love you. Love you too, sweetie. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks
0: for listening to You've Got to Start Somewhere.
1: Thanks.
0: To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to You've Got to Start Somewhere.com.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of You've Got to Start Somewhere. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Paul Murray. If you want to know any more information about the show, about me, if you want to check out the show notes pages for each episode where I reference anything that we spoke about so that you can get up to speed, you can find all of that, including a contact page if you want to send me an email. About the show at you've got to start somewhere.com. Big thank you as well if you have left a review in Stitcher or iTunes. Shout out to Melly Made, Loadman, G Lang, CJT41 uh, for all your delightful comments on iTunes. I really do appreciate it. I know everybody's busy, so sitting down and actually pressing the button to rate the thing five stars and write something uh, is a big thing, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to do that. Next week on the show, I have a dear friend of mine and somebody who is. Incredibly honest about the realities of the business, Mr. Peter Burner. He talks about how in the early days of his career he used to try and get his audiences offside on purpose.
0: In the early days of doing the five minute, the open mic stuff, I would get in the car when I was driving to the Harold Park and I would think, if I can't think of anything to say between now and when I get to the Harold, I won't go on. So I put myself under the pressure of trying to do something different every time I got on stage. And sometimes I would walk on without a thought in the world and just go for it. And some of the best stuff ever comes out of that great stuff where, you know, when Bugs Bunny painted himself into a corner and then had to paint a door to get himself yeah. out. That was me. I'd, yeah. I'd, sometimes I would go on stage and deliberately piss the audience off so they would hate me and then win them back.
1: You'll notice that sounds like we recorded the interview in an aviary, but it was one of those blisteringly hot summer days, uh, and I had to open the window. So, not only do you get the wildlife in my local area, but John, the next door neighbour, starts the leaf blower uh, early through the interview. There's a lot of sounds of the suburbs happening through that chat, but Pete has some great stories to share, so I hope you will join me. Uh, again, head to you've got to start somewhere.com if you want to leave any feedback about the show even the bad stuff, I'm happy to take it. I hope to see you next week and thanks again for listening.